Hey everybody, this is Frank Hannon. I'm the lead guitarist of Tesla, and you are listening Sonic Perspective. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. I truly appreciate it. Hey, I'm glad to, to be alive and well and able to speak to you today, man. It's been a hellacious week. Uh, I was worried I might have caught COVID again, but I took a test. I'm clear, and I'm starting to feel normal again and alive. I've been playing my guitar a lot the past couple of days. You know, music is good medicine, I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Frank, I'm Rob Cavuto, and we're on Sonic Perspectives, and we're today we're here to talk to you about your upcoming summer tour that's going to be starting June 11th and take you all the way to September 22nd. Man, I know. I, I was looking at the calendar last night. I woke up at 3 in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I was thinking about all the dates, and so I started looking at the calendar, and I was looking at it, trying to figure out where I'm flying to and from and what cities here and there. I know we're going to Alaska on this tour, right? And uh, you know, I want to bring my little dog with me, man. I just rescued a, a little, uh, a little mutt that he's he's half Chihuahua, half Eskimo breed. We did a DNA test on him, and he's so cool, man. He's like my best buddy now. His name's Patrick. So <laughs> I was looking at the calendar last night to see where and when I can fly with him, and I realized, holy shiza! Can I say shiza on this show? Yeah, you can curse. Um, holy shit, we are doing a lot of shows this year. Yes, you are. You know, you said you were you were getting over the flu. Um, I know the band had several setbacks with COVID, so have you been feeling good up until that point where you got the flu again? Or well, not? yeah, you know, this whole COVID ordeal has been going on for, what, three years now almost, two over two, you know, yeah. we were shut down. And during that time, I personally stayed really busy and was really lucky. Didn't get COVID, traveled. I went and did a show in Dallas for the International Guitar Festival. Right. I, produced a, I produced a bunch of young artists in my studio during the lockdown, made a couple albums uh, with them. Um, but then, as soon as it started opening up, guess what? Whammo. Tesla yeah. got COVID, and we had to cancel a bunch of dates uh, last August. But, uh, you know, we went through that ordeal and we did a few dates with Leonard Skinner shortly after that, which was a very fun, successful run we did with Leonard Skinner. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know if this thing is COVID or what it is, but it, there's something going around right now. Everyone I know is getting something. Yep. I don't disagree. Uh, a lot of people at work are sick. A couple of buddies of mine got sick, too. So, yeah, and I hope you get well fast. You know, so you're hey, thank you. You know. One thing I discovered is Instacart. Um, there's an Instacart delivery person bringing me some groceries. That's one of the benefits about COVID is I discovered <laughs> you can have your groceries delivered. They're out there right now. See them? That's They're awesome. They're out there delivering the Instacart. That's awesome. That is <coughs> you know, um, you guys just came off a spring tour, right? That was like uh, March into almost... Uh, yeah, we did a short run. We, we went to Hampton Beach. You know, uh, we play at the Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom, and uh, we sold out two nights there. So we put a little run around for that uh, tour last month. Yeah. Now, um, what was going to happen? By the, way, by the way, we're touring on our latest single. It's called Cold Blue Steel. 
It's yep. a song that was inspired by a Saturday Night Special and about gun violence and, and evil intentions, you know. And people uh, really dig the song because it's raw and edgy. It sounds like old school Tesla. And, uh, you know, the, the subject matter is actually let's get real. And, uh, you know, what's the real problem? Uh, is it the guns or is it uh, the people? I personally think it's a combination of both. I don't think there's one black and white answer, but uh, because there's obviously an overflow of gun production. I mean, there's millions of guns floating around that are too easy to get a hold of for the bad guys. But uh, I'm a gun advocate myself. I, I believe in the Second Amendment and protection of yourself. But, but self-defense but anyway, the song is called Cold Blue Steel, and uh, that's the tour. Let's Get Real Tour right now is what we've been working. Yeah, I love the song, and I, I was going to ask you about, you know, are you planning to put together a new CD? And if so, will Phil be uh, producing it like he did in the last one? Because I know you guys are going uh, to tour the sum most of the summer. No, Cold Blue Steel, we produce it ourselves. Okay. Um, the, the Shock album that Phil did... Uh, you know, they worked really hard on that. When I say they, I'm talking about Phil Collin and Brian Wheat, our bass player. They, they, man, they really worked hard on the album. Um, it was a collaboration. Phil wrote most of the songs. And, uh, you know, some people thought it was a great album and other people didn't like it. But, uh, you know, it was like we gave it a shot. Um, but from now on, uh, Brian and I had a discussion. Brian and I are the founding members of the band Tesla. Mm -hmm. And uh, along with Jeff Keith, and um, we decided, you know what, from now on, we're going to write and produce our own music. Um, you know, we've worked with enough producers, Phil Collin, Terry Thomas, Steve Thompson, Michael Barbiero, me personally, Roy Thomas Baker, Max Norman. We've had producers coming and going our whole career. So now, from now on, at our age, we're going to produce our own music from now on. And we're actually producing a brand new single that's going to come out next month. And it's freaking rocking. I'm really excited about it. And the best thing about producing ourselves is it's imperfect and it's edgy and it's got the warps and everything. And it's as real as it can be because it's us. And, you know, we're not like technicians where we know how to make things perfect. So, uh, Cold Blue Steel, we produced it ourselves. Um, and this new song, it's called Time to Rock. Um, I've been producing it and working on it for about two months. And uh, it'll ultimately get put on a um, self-produced album. Okay. Are you going to do singles, like uh, a single every couple of months? Or are you going to... Yeah. Yeah, we're going to put out singles after singles. And just focus on one song at a time, man, and, and rock that song. What happens is, you know... When you're young, man, you can write 10 songs and freaking put out an album every year. But as you get older, like we are now, man, you know, it's, it's not as easy to do that. And then so you, you end up sacrificing quality for quantity. Okay. And, and uh, we don't want to do that. Why put out 10 songs that are just in a rush when we can spend our time and just create singles that we're real proud of and... You know, this next one, man, I'm telling you, we're really, Jeff Keith and I are really excited about it because he and I wrote it uh, on the road last year and I got the band to put it together. And I've been, I've been chipping away on it in the studio producing it and I'm getting ready to produce a video for it this weekend. Cool. Um, it's called Time to Rock and it does. Does rock. <laughs> 
You know, I like that idea that that strategy where you, you got all these touch points. You never, nobody ever forgets you because you're always out there with a new song and people remember, and then you're out there with a new song versus an album. You put it out and it's forgotten. So I think it's a great strategy. Kudos. Well, especially in today's world, man, yep. you know, the whole concept of albums was conceived in the seventies when man, when music was the best to me, the seventies sure. era of music is the greatest era of what they call album rock. And, you know, bands like Aerosmith and, I mean, even Aerosmith was only putting eight songs on an album, but still, Van Halen, Foreigner, Aerosmith, Kansas, all the great bands of that era were making albums because FM radio stations, and there was no videos or none of that, no cell phones especially, um, you know, that was the era of when albums were invented. Before that, in the 60s and the 50s, artists like the Beatles and the Stones, they were only making singles. I mean, I can't get no satisfaction and help and all those Beatles songs, those were and Rolling Stones, those were just singles at the time yeah. in the 60s. It wasn't until the 70s that full-length albums got, you know, became a thing. No, that's great. You know, even Kiss, Kiss was releasing at some points two albums a year. But like you said, there were only eight or nine songs on an album at the time. So yeah. I get it. Yeah, only eight or nine songs, and only two of them would be great. And that's, you know, that's the thing. You know, Tesla always took pride in making a full album. Mechanical Residence had 12 songs on them, and I feel every song we put 100% into. But, you know, that was almost 40 years ago, dude. Yep. Yep. Nowadays, you know, I mean, we're lucky that if we can get together enough time at our, and we're, we work slower, um, but it's better. It's quality versus quantity. Excellent. That is cool. You know, going back to the tour, you guys touring for 40 years. What's the secret to surviving a tour? Even pre-COVID, five guys on a tour bus for three months. How do you do it? Well, you know, you learn um, a lot about each other's personalities. <laughs> and you have a bunk, okay? And each guy in the bus has a bunk. And that is their personal space. And if you need your own space you don't want to see anybody guess what you got to get in the bunk and close that curtain and just veg and try to allow everybody to have space it's a very tough lifestyle i'll be honest i mean i'm a cowboy at heart man i, I have a uh, 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 land and i like i'm a rancher and a farmer and i like space man to consolidate that down into one bunk in a in a bus is a tough adjustment um, but, you know, we all respect each other's space and um, have learned to uh, appreciate what we have. You know, I mean, the shows make it all worthwhile. I mean, when, when you get off the bus and you walk into the gig and you get on stage and you play for a sold out audience that's just loving your music, it takes all that other pain away. That's awesome. You know, I've seen you so many times, but um, I was just wondering, is Tesla a band like Cheap Trick that could change the set list up night after night? Uh, we are, and we just did two two nights in Hampton Beach, and, uh, you know, we play a full 90 minutes, which is about 16 songs, and what we do is we have to play, there's 10 songs that we have to play both nights, Yep. every night, you know, Love Song, What You Give, Modern Day Cowboy Signs, the ones that are the, the ones that the people are paying to hear. Then there's the six songs that we can rotate, and we change, and we put in Hang Tough, Song and Emotion. Lazy Days, Crazy Nights, Coming At You Live, we'll switch it around. Um, you know, 
some songs, I'll be honest, we just can't do anymore because back in the 80s, you know, Jeff Keith was screaming his lungs out, man. And, yeah. you know, when you're 60 years old, that screaming just don't come naturally <laughs> anymore. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, we've rewritten some of our songs and they actually sound better in a lower key. And it's, uh, we're experimenting with that uh that stuff now we're doing uh hang tough man and, and it, hang tough is at the top of his range but we've learned a new way of playing it and we're really excited about uh bringing that song back into our set list i saw you in september 2019 at in morristown new jersey and you guys were fantastic and what a tremendous show and you know the, the one thing i've seen you countless times over the years but the one thing that really stuck out to me was you have this magical bond with your guitar on stage Tell me about that magic with you and the guitar. No matter which guitar you were using, it was pure magic. Well, gosh, thanks, man. Um, you know, sometimes I, I forget how much the guitar means to me. Um, I take it for granted sometimes uh, that I'm looking at this guitar right here, and I, I, could, I could easily pick it up and just start playing like it's, you know, fairly easy and I sometimes I forget how lucky I am for that and honestly uh it just came to me at a very young age uh I tried to play sports and try to play little league baseball and I tried to ride dirt bikes and motocross and do all the stuff that the other kids were doing fighting and stealing and in my neighborhood it was a bad neighborhood I grew up in and nothing felt good to me until I heard Frampton comes alive in my headphones and I heard that guitar and I'm like, Oh my God, I got to do that. I was 10 years old. It was 1976. So I discovered a guitar that my stepdad had and I picked it up and it just came natural. I could, I could hear wow. something and immediately uh, by ear uh, naturally play it effortlessly. And so I don't know. I just, I, I was lucky to find my niche and, uh, Guitar is definitely uh, an extension of my heart and me. It's like my uh, extra arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is definitely a magical connection. You know, when I did, the times I've seen you, you come out with like, so, you, you have so many guitars. You almost come out with a different guitar for every song. How many guitars do you take out on the road? And is there a purpose for every single guitar you bring out? Yeah, there's definitely a purpose, um, you know, in a sense of, Tesla um, always experiments with different tones and different textures, yeah. especially uh, uh, myself. Um, I always, I love so many different kinds of music. Um, that's why I've got a tie-dye shirt on here because I'm a, I'm a hippie at heart. That's Randy Hansen right there. Randy Hansen is, a, is one of my favorite guitar players. He's a Jimi Hendrix uh, tribute artist. Oh, I don't know okay. if you ever No, I haven't. I'll check him out though. But anyways, I love Hendrix, I love the blues, I love jazz, I love country, I love bluegrass, finger picking, Django Reinhardt, I love all kinds of different music. And if you listen to Tesla, you can hear some twangy Telecaster guitar on What You Give, you can hear some flamenco acoustic guitar intro on Little Susie, stuff that I experiment with. So when you're experimenting with different styles, then you know, then you experiment with different guitars. And uh, with Tesla, I use an SG that has a Floyd Rose on it that Gibson gave me. Um, I use another SG with a Maestro tremolo that I use for different tunings. 
uh, like for playing slide. Um, I use different acoustics. Uh, a dove, my love dove acoustic has a maple top. It's real bright, so it's great for finger picking. Um, you know, so every guitar has a purpose. Wow. So that's almost like a blessing and a curse because now you got to take them all out on the road with you, right? Yeah. Well, my, uh, I have uh, a, a big road case that lives in a truck. And uh, my favorite guitars that I use for Tesla will stay in that year round. And it lives in Nebraska. And the guy that we have drives the truck from Nebraska and he'll meet us wherever we're playing, you know, so it, it works out that way. And, and I have a really cool guitar tech now. I've had a bunch of really cool guitar techs my whole career. I've been very lucky. Um, Jimmy Johnson uh, was Alex Lifeson's guitar tech from Rush. Oh, wow. And, and uh, he also worked for Sticks. And, you know, Tommy Shaw likes to change guitars a lot and experiment. And Alex Lifeson obviously did too in Rush. Um, so you got to have a good tech to help you. Um, but th those guitars live in a vault out on, in, in the truck. And then when I'm home and I do my solo band, um, I've got kind of like a duplicate set of that. I've got several SGs, several Les Pauls, a couple Telecasters, uh, a double neck, and a couple acoustics and uh, various things like that here when I do my solo shows. I love the white um, SG double neck that you had. In, uh, you used it in New Jersey anyway. Oh, uh, thank you. Was that at the club in, in Morristown or was that with Skinner at the, at the uh, amphitheater? No, it, it's a, it was a theater in Morristown. Oh, the theater oh, Ber in Bergen Pack. Bergen Pack. Bergen Pack. Oh, I love that gig. Yeah, that's a yeah. nice. That, that, yeah, I enjoy that, that place a lot. I'll tell you a story about that Epiphone. That Epiphone is a very, very special guitar. It used to belong to Ron Peel. Really? And um, I had a cherry Epiphone guitar and Ron had the white one. And I, I did a, a, a cancer benefits auction for Ron Keel and his breast, uh, breast cancer awareness uh, for his wife, Renee, who's doing great, by the way. She's recovered and right. she was really proactive and wanting to raise some money for breast cancer awareness. So we did an auction and we sold that white guitar. But man, the thing is so nice. It sounds so great that I contacted the buyer of the auction and asked him if he'd be willing to trade me for my other one, if he was going to play it. He said, absolutely. He would rather see me keep the white guitar and play it on stage. And it's a keeper. That guitar, it weighs like, like a feather weight for a double neck and it resonates wow. better than any, uh, any uh, Gibson double neck I've had. It's an Epiphone, which is a very yeah. affordable model epiphone makes great guitars they're made by yeah. gibson the one back there's an epiphone it sounds it sounds incredible yeah it's a great guitar why is the um the, the nut pulled back or the pulled back so far on that guitar is that standard for double necks well you got the, you got the, the bridge and then there's the nut it looks it goes really back far to the back of the, almost to the end of the body oh you know i've seen that on some double necks um i think the reason they do that that piece you're talking about is called a tail piece yeah the and tail piece is so far back yeah some of them they put really far back and some of them they put closer to the bridge and what that does is it changes the angle of the tension so oh. if if it's closer to the bridge the tension is like this if it's farther back the strings are more like this and it makes a difference in the sound of 
of the strings being a little looser and not not so tense. Oh wow, I gotta check that out. This most of the guitars I have, they're they're normal lengths, you know. It's not that far back, so that kind of threw me. Yeah, off. yeah. I, I noticed the one that Jimmy Page plays. Uh, it's farther back. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me about the process of writing songs. Does the guitar and the amp have a lot to do with the writing for you? Plugging into a different guitar, a different amp. It does, you know, and, and I, again, I was talking about taking things for granted. I took for granted how important the amp is in the equation. A tube amp and every amp, whether it's a Marshall, a Fender, a Hi-Watt, whatever, has a different voice. And when you plug a different guitar, like a Telecaster into a box, it can inspire you to play differently the chords and the way you're bending the strings and stuff like that and make you invent something just by the, the resonance you're getting from the combination of the guitar and the amp. Uh, so it does make a difference. Now, every song is different. You know, songs are melodies and chords, and the best songs sometimes will just come by strumming some chords on an acoustic and humming a melody. Or, you know, sometimes you'll have an idea for a, a, a lyric or a title, and it'll start with that. For example, the new Tesla song that's called Time to Rock basically started by we were going on stage and I said, okay, guys, come on, it's time to rock. And I thought to myself, hey, that could be a cool song. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> you always have an affinity, affinity towards melody-driven music and you merge it with your guitar playing, which is incredible. And Shock, I thought, was a perfect example of that. How do you keep yourself pushing forward with really without stagnating and always coming up with great music. Oh man, um, I don't know. You just have to be uh, persistent and dedicated to, 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 to trying, picking up the guitar and going for it and just, you know, trying to enjoy yourself. And if you're not enjoying yourself and put it down for a little while and take a break from it, um, honestly, I'm feeling that I need to learn how to take breaks more than uh, pushing myself to come up with new music. When I look back over the past 20 years, uh, Tesla has recorded, um, you know, Forevermore, uh, Simplicity, Real to Real, uh, Shock, you know, all these albums. And then myself, I recorded From One Place to Another, Volume 1 and 2, Solo Album, Gypsy Highway, World Peace. You know, I mean, I've, we've been going crazy uh, over the past 20 years. And um, I don't know, it's just in your blood, man. You have a drive to do it. And uh, sometimes it can, you can burn out. So honestly, I'm trying to like take it slow and just write one song at a time. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Uh, now, for my last question, it's the toughest one. New Jersey and New York was missed off of the tour in the summer. What happened? And are you going to slip one in? Um, we're going to be in upstate New York, uh, at Syracuse. Um, I saw that on the calendar. That's um, I wish, <laughs> I wish, I wish we were doing Jones beach and I wish we were coming back to Morristown. You know, honestly, booking the tours is not my job. Um, it's so I, I don't have control of that. There's a booking agent that works together with Brian on that end of it. I'm more into the creative production part of Tesla and the business part of it is managed by Brian and a booking agent. And, you know, 
maybe we wore out our welcome there, so we have to wait a little bit longer. I don't know. Maybe there's a reason. I don't think so, man. We'd we'd love to, we'd really love to have you. There's like a week or two in there. Maybe that's empty. Maybe something will get thrown in there. Who knows? Fingers crossed. I'm sure we're gonna definitely be back, man. Yeah. The Irving Plaza, I think. We, yes. yeah, wait a minute. We just played Irving Plaza not too long ago. No, you played that during some. Well, I saw you during Simplicity during at Irving Plaza. No, we were there last year, man. Because I, I remember I bought an SG at Guitar Center right down the street. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you. I saw you. Simplicity. I saw you with Def Leppard, and I saw you at Morristown. So I, I, I may have missed the last one. So yeah. But anyway, we'll definitely come back there, Good. man. Uh, you know, it's just I don't know the details on why they, they book us where they do. Okay, no worries, Frank. I, I want to thank you so much for your time today. It was a really insightful interview, and I hope you feel better, and I hope you have a successful summer on tour. So thank you so awesome, much, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. My pleasure. It was really nice talking with you again. Have a good day. Same here. You Bye -bye. too.